Hey guys, welcome. Man, it's good to be back. And let me start this episode off with just a, a bit of an apology. Sometimes, sometimes our brains, our brains think that we're still 25 and then our bodies remind us that we are not. And that's what happened last week. And again, I apologize for not being there like I always am on Fridays because I was flat on my back. Yep, the old spine gave out and I needed some uh, much needed therapy and rest and chiropractor and other stuff. And you just wouldn't want to listen to me last week. So here we are. Hey, this week we're talking about, uh, we're talking about a little fun. We're talking about a little learning and having fun during that learning. And what I'm bringing to you this week is what we're calling a DIY landscape prowess quiz. And we're not going super deep. It's not that involved. There's only three little segments and five questions in each segment. So we're talking about 15, 15 questions. But it might point you in the direction of where you're at, where you might want to be on the educational uh, spectrum when it comes to home ownership and landscape makeover projects and other stuff about yourself. You know, I took a little bit of time putting this thing together and I hope you really enjoy it. Your feedback is always welcome. You know, this week in many places, it has been brought to my attention that it is spring break for many of the youngins out there around this country and maybe other places. But this week, I'm asking you to follow this quiz to see how prepared you might be for a DIY project. It might be an eye-opener for some and allow you to think before you leap into a project unprepared. Are you ready to do this? Let's get it going, shall we? Hey, answer me this first off. Can you count in 10 seconds how many quizzes or tests you took or have taken as you educated yourself through your new vocation, your college degree, uh, new level of work, you know, levels where you had to go back to school or something? Yeah, do that in 10 seconds, will you? Yeah, I didn't think so. Nobody can really recall how many of those that we have taken. We did take quite a few, did we not? It was a gauge at your retention. Uh, it was an eye-opener if you hadn't studied or anything else and you got that big D minus, you know, in red pen coming back at you. And it also showed the, the grasp of what you were studying or what you were apprenticing in or prepared for that new vocational level of responsibility. I know I took several hundred at least over the years, if not more, uh, in many capacities, mostly in the horticultural and green industry realm, but also in two other vocations as well. Well, today, I think this uh, fun, educational, informative quiz just might open your eyes to a couple of things as a homeowner. Maybe a DIY project manager, a gardener, an all-around self-reliant individual. There are going to be three areas to be quizzed on. Number one, horticultural knowledge. Number two, landscape design and construction. And number three, self-reliance as a homeowner. So without further ado, let's kick this off. Please understand that I created this for education and preparation and fun, not to criticize, demean, or insult in any way. Make it fun and laugh at yourself and laugh along with it as we go through it. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's talk about horticultural knowledge first. And here's question number one for you. Does your landscape reflect what level of green thumb you have? A, 
I'm an embarrassment to the neighborhood. Someday I should mow again. B. I am always keeping up with those smiths down the street at all costs. I will be the landscape flagship of this neighborhood always. C. I am middle of the road and my home blends in with all the others. D. I tend to be inspired in the spring to do something, but I lose it by summer and things never change for my landscape. Question number two. I took ornamental horticulture in college because A. I had to for credits, but I hated it. B. It interested me and really sharpened my landscape knowledge. C. What the Sam is ornamental horticulture and how can I avoid it? D. My major never suggested such a course. Question number three. What is the difference between these two trees, crepe myrtle and redwood? A. One is an evergreen, the other is deciduous. B. One gets very large, can lift driveways, provide roosting for birds, and likes lots and lots of water. C. One requires pruning for good shape, good hygiene, and good health. D. All of the above. Question number four. The three numbers on a fertilizer product represents what nutritional elements for plants? A. None. Propulsion. Killer stuff, dude. In other words, NPK. B. Natural percentage. Potential for bloom. Kick-ass fruit. NPK. C. Nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium cyanide. NPK. D. Nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And number five for horticultural knowledge. Best time to prune camellias are A. Early winter for the best bloom later next spring. B. Late summer, but only 25% of the plant. C. Early summer, prune as hard as you want. D. After a majority of the bloom cycle is done, but still only about 25%. Okay, here's our second segment. Landscape design and construction. Question number one. Looking at your tool inventory right now, you are ready to A. Mow the lawn and that's about it. B. Just about anything a landscape project calls for and then some. C. A hoe and a cup of joe. Everything else, I borrow. D. What's a tool? Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Number two. If you decided to tackle a landscape makeover yourself, where would you start? A. Uh, duh, in the yard, of course. B. I would follow that yard coach guy's recommendations. C. I wouldn't. I'd hire the whole thing out because I am filthy rich. D. Pretty involved project. I think uh, planning, budget, and consult with family and friends and local nursery pros. E. Both B and C. Question number three. Sketching out a new landscape design is something you would A. Bone up on a little because drawing is not my sharpest pencil in the drawer. B. Binder paper, beer, and a big-ass eraser for my number two pencil from 1997. C. I'd throw a lifeline 
and get help. D, uh-uh, tech man here, buy a $2,000 plus program and let it do all the work. Question number four, if I was going to create a front yard, I would base it on A, impulse, B, needs, wants, and budget, C, the nagging spouse telling me to, D, needs, budget, and return on investment. Question number five, based on my checkbook, I would be able to complete this much of a landscape makeover in my backyard. A, potted flowers on both sides of my lawn chair, that's about it. B, two sheets of binder paper, which equals both the depth and the distance of my checkbook. C, I will save what I need to until I can do what I want from start to finish. D, establish a budget, then determine how far those funds will take me based on material costs today. E, very healthy checkbook. So I'm hiring yard coach for the design and a local reputable contractor to install. Thank you, State Lottery. All right, let's move on to our final segment. This is all about homeowner self-reliance. Question number one. Self-reliance as a homeowner to me means I can A, train my kid or kids to fetch a beer without me having to get out of my recliner. B, allowing for my own education and growth to tackle most anything this little money pit here throws at me. C, calling five contractors to fix one thing, getting their estimates, and while they're here, I'm going to learn how they're going to do it. Then I dismiss all five, then doing it myself based on stealing their ideas. Now that's what I call self-reliance. Finally, D, wing it, always my motto. Number two, the wife's car needs the oil changed, the house needs scraping and painting, and the sprinkler valves, they need replacing. I think I will head for the golf course because the boys are playing 18 holes today. B, tell the wife to get her own oil changed, hire a painter, and F the sprinklers because it rained last night. I don't need to worry about it right now. C, watch a little YouTube this week and learn how to change the oil myself, paint the house, and fix the sprinkler valves. Then get on it because this is my castle. D, ignore all three and deal with the consequences. Question number three, which is a better approach for reliable homeownership maintenance and repair? A, prevention is worth a pound of cure. B, inspect regularly, fix as needed, and take care of what you have. C, schedule regular landscape tasks to keep the place as nice as possible. D, all of the above. E, none of the above, waste of time and money. Question number four, where do you rate yourself as far as self-reliance in the landscape? A, not my forte, hate yard work, no desire to learn. B, I know I'm supposed to know, but I have no idea where to learn it. C, I follow several mentors who teach me what I need to know and when I need to know it. Then I do it myself. D, like I said earlier, beer, recliner, delegate. Consequences be damned. Number five, final question, guys. By being self-reliant in almost all things at my home, I figure I'm saving about blank percent off of what professional rates would be. A, 25%, B, 
because pros don't make that much anyway. B, maybe 90%? Question mark. C, negative 10%, because I screw it up every time, causing me to hire somebody to fix everything I try to do myself. D, 50 to 60%. E, I got no clue. What do things cost anyway? Hey, that's it. That is all of the quiz. How did you think you do? How did you, <laughs> how did you think you did? I think it's, uh, I think it's an eye opener for a lot of people. I really do. Uh, there's some obvious answers there. There's obvious some fun there. But for the most part, it really kind of raises people's awareness. And it kind of points you in the direction that maybe you need to sharpen up on. Or, hey, maybe you're dialed in right to the nines and you don't need to do a thing. Let's go back over the answers. Now, these answers are based on my experience, my training, and my education, and also being a very self-reliant homeowner for over four decades. So tell me how you did in the comments below. Let me know through email at youryardcoach at gmail.com. Let me know how I can get you from one level to the next. And drop a comment in there just to tell me, hey coach, I'll never get that 20 minutes back in my life. Or, hey, good way to spend 20 minutes. I'd be curious to know. Okay, horticultural knowledge. Does your landscape reflect what level of green thumb you have? Now there is no real right or wrong on this one. Maybe you do have the crap neighborhood. You got that house on the block. You know, maybe you are a Jonesian and you're always trying to keep up with the Smiths down the street and you will always be that guy that always has the best looking yard. And you know, if you're just kind of middle of the road, you have a nice home, you, you keep it looking nice, but it doesn't stand out in any way, shape or form. So be it, it's okay. As long as what you have, you take care of. And the last one was, you know, you tend to be inspired like a lot of people are when things start blooming outside and it's springtime. But a lot of times life takes us away and sweeps us off our feet by summertime and you really don't get anything big done. You may have planted a little something here. You got your tomato, you know, you got your impatience planted and it, that's just about all you're going to do. In question number two, I took ornamental horticulture in college because, you know, ornamental horticulture is a great topic of study if you want to learn all about how to take care of all the names and the, the requirements of various plants and it really goes a long ways because part of ornamental hort you'll have a little bit of design and stuff in there and I did mine at you know in junior college and walked away with an AA woohoo boy I could buy a cup of coffee with that huh but when we talk about it some people had to do it some people want to do it. Some people don't even know what the hell it is. And then some people have a totally different major and they never even sniffed it. So what was yours? Number three was, what is the difference between the two trees, crepe myrtle and redwood? Well, yeah, question one, you would have got it right, but there's maybe a little bit better. It's an all of the above type of answer. They are, one is evergreen and the other is deciduous. One gets huge. It can lift driveways. Those redwoods, man, I saw so many times contractors and homeowners putting redwoods in small little side yards and stuff. And I just shook my head. I can't imagine how long they lasted. I remember a Target store in my old hometown that put in redwoods 
in a three foot wide parking strip on the side of where their nursery was. And I remember them planting it. I remember talking to the contractor who was planting them. And I said, holy cow, that's what, they, that's what the architect wanted to go in there. And he looked at me and said, can you believe it? Can you imagine what's gonna happen? So yes, they can do a lot of damage. And they are great roosting places for birds. I've had owls, I've had hawks, I've had songbirds in redwood trees that have been around my neighborhood. And yeah, they are water lovers and they will do whatever it takes to find that water, including rumpling a yard uh, through a lawn area. It will go under a foundation, it will go under fences, it will do whatever it takes in order to find the amount of water it needs. And then the crepe myrtle also requires good pruning for shape, you know, taking off the suckers. It's good to uh, lightly or moderately prune them in the winter to get rid of the seed heads so you don't have volunteers. And it looks better and it makes the plant a lot healthier. So an all of the above answer is the best one there. Number four, the three numbers on the fertilizer product, the answer is D, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, NPK. You know, yeah, I had a little fun with this one, but NPK, nitrogen for green viability and great for lawns, great for producing green growth, phosphorus for blooming set and all that kind of element, and potassium for uh, vigor and disease resistance, etc. So, yep, D, NPK. Number five, the best time to prune a camellia? The last answer is the correct answer. After a majority or all of the bloom cycle is done, but don't butcher them. They don't like to be butchered, so maybe only 25 to 30% should be taken off. What happens with the other ones? Well, if you prune in early winter, you're gonna be pruning off all the buds for the following bloom. Late summer, eh, things are still kinda hot. You might be able to get away with it if it's in the shade 100%. And if you did it in early summer, you're setting yourself up for the internal parts of the plants to get scalded, and you can have bark splitting, and you can have uh, leaf burn because those interior leaves on a camellia are not used to direct sun. And if you suddenly got a heat spell, man, you could really do some damage. Okay, let's move on to our second segment and some of the answers there. Landscape design and construction. Looking at your tool inventory, you're ready to, well, the answer one there is it would be great if it was B, just about anything a landscape project calls for. That would be super. You know, mow the lawn, what do you have? You got maybe a, a mower and an edger if you're doing it yourself. And the other C, like a hoe and a cup of joe, because that's about all you got out there, everything else you pay for or you borrow. And then what's a tool? Well, you know, if you're a homeowner, you have to sharpen your pencil and you have to be kind of on the cutting edge of what needs to be done both inside and outside your house on a regular basis to keep it in tip top shape so that something big doesn't happen and just comes in and just rapes your checkbook and your savings account having to fix it. So pay attention to those things. Hey, question number two, if you decide to tackle a landscape makeover, where would you start? Answer A, duh, in the yard. That's just a funny. But B, I would follow that yard coach guy's recommendations. Hey, you know, I hope you get a little something out of that when you're, you're watching and listening to me. C, I wouldn't, I'd hire the whole thing out because I'm a rich MFer. Well, in that particular case, good for you. But that does not mean you're very self-reliant. You're self-reliant by writing a check. Uh, but hey, you know, karma can sometimes come back and take a lot of that money away from you and then you're left to doing it yourself. But D, a pretty involved, most all landscape projects are pretty involved. So 
thinking, planning, and budgeting, consulting with family and friends and local pros, you know, that, that's your, you're doing a lot of due diligence there and a lot of uh, favorable outcome would come out of taking that approach. Hey, moving on. Question number three, sketching out a new landscape design is something you would bone up on a little because drawing is not my sharpest pencil in the drawer. The binder paper thing, that's a funny. A lifeline is from the old Regis Philbin game show. And buying a $2,000 program to let it do all the work, guess what? It still doesn't do all the work for you. You're still gonna have to come up with plants. You're gonna have to come up with measurements and put it all in there. And it's not always easy, you know, so a, you got to bone up on it a little bit. You have to learn. That's what I do teach you in the ebook and the course. So you might want to check that out. Plus, there's some great videos I got on the channel about designing where I actually do it right in front of you and I show you the tools. And on our Amazon store, we've got some really inexpensive tools that you could get. And the little bit of cheddar that comes our way always helps us keep putting out stuff like this. Question number four. If I was going to create a new front yard, I would base it on blank. A impulse. B, needs, wants, and budget. C, the nagging spouse is telling me to. And D, needs, budget, and return on investment. This one is a close one. It's really between B and D. And you have to justify that while you're staring at the ceiling at night, getting prepared to do something like this. I think the best, the best answer here is needs, budget, and the return on your investment. A lot of people had hired me over the years because they were gonna put some lipstick on a pig and they needed to have the, the front yard redone and really make it look nice to get the best bang for their buck when they put it on the market. Now, if you're not moving, then maybe B, needs, wants, and budget is where you need to start if this is your forever home. You know, maybe you, you just bought a place and it has one of the production front yards, but a blank canvas in the back. Well, to what level is your need going to be, what wants are you going to want to put in there, and then the almighty part is the budget. How much do you have to complete that, and to what level are you going to complete it? So, if you're selling, I would take answer number D, needs, budget, and ROI. If you're not selling, then needs, wants, and budget. Okay, question number five. Based on my checkbook, I would be able to complete this much of a landscape makeover. A, potted flowers on both sides of my lawn chair, B, two sheets of binder paper, which equals both the depth and the distance of my checkbook. Eh, that's a funny. C, I will save until I can do what I want from start to finish. Hmm, pretty good one, huh? D, establish a budget, then determine how far those funds will take me based on material costs today. Huh. And E, I have a very healthy checkbook, so I'm hiring yard coach for the design work and a local reputable contractor to install. Thank you, State Lottery, very much. This one comes down to C and D, doesn't it? It comes down to you're gonna save the dollars unless you wanna go further in debt, and then you'll do it from start to finish once you have all those dollars and you cash it out. Boom, that is a very self-reliant approach. And D is what I teach in the course. Establish that budget right off. You know, sitting down with yourself or you and your significant, and you're saying, hey, we're gonna redo the backyard next spring. And I think we can spend this amount of money. What do you think? And based on that, I did a little homework and that amount of money will get us this. And then have a productive, positive dialogue about it. So C and D, C and D. All right, our last little segment, homeowner self-reliance. 
Question number one, self-reliance as a homeowner to me means I can. <laughs> B is the best answer here, allowing for my own education and growth to tackle most anything that that little money pit of yours throws at you. That's the best answer. Calling five contractors, man, if you are one of those people, click off of my channel, get the hell away from me because I hate people that waste people's time like that. And I have been subjected to that over the years. Coming in going, oh, well, what would you do, coach? What would you do here? What would you do there? Yeah. And they say, okay, well, we'll let you know. And then I come to find out that my competitor, my other competitor, my other, oh yeah, yeah, you know the Smiths there? Yeah, all they're doing is they're just tire kicking. You know, and they either don't ever do anything or they turn around and do something themselves. And that's, that's really rude, it really is. And winging it, well, you can go through life winging it, but when it comes to a landscape project, that's a lot of time and money that you're wasting if you're just winging it. Okay, question number two. The wife's car needs the oil changed. The house needs scraping and painting, and the sprinkler valves in the front yard need replacing. I think I will, A, hit for the golf course, because the boys are playing 18 holes. Tell the wife to get her own damn oil changed, hire a painter, and F the sprinklers, because it rained the last two nights. C, watch a little YouTube this week and learn how to change the oil myself. Learn how to paint the house and fix those sprinkler valves. Then get on it because this home is my castle, damn it. D, ignore all three and deal with consequences. Well, it's obviously C. I had a little fun with this one, but it's really quite apparent and based on some people that I know. They are procrastinator with PhD and they just keep kicking the thing down the road, never doing anything with it and their life, their home, their cars, they never get any better because they don't learn, they don't grow, and they don't, they're not self-reliant in any way, shape, or form. Number three, which is a better approach for reliable home ownership maintenance and repair? A, prevention is worth a pound of cure. B, inspect regularly, fix as needed, and take care of what you have. C, schedule regular landscape tasks to keep the place as nice as possible. D, all of the above. E, none of the above. Waste of time and money. This one's obviously all of the above. If you take the approach of uh, that wing it type of stuff, nah, go out in your garage, go out in your shed, put a whiteboard up, and just, if you have a calendar, make sure that in the calendar you write a couple of notes to yourself. You know, in March I do this, in June I do that, every Saturday I do this, Wh whatever it is, and you have a regular schedule. You inspect the, the sprinkler systems. You clean around the heads. You make sure all the nozzles are working if you have such a thing. Make sure the mower blade is sharp. Make sure you change the oil in the mower. And when you do these things, this is how you don't have to replace the mower after three years because you has got the original oil in it and it's pumping godforsaken sludge through your oil and you don't understand why it's puffing blue smoke. See what I'm saying? So keep ahead of the curve and you will find that not only will you save a heck of a lot of money, but a lot of things will not go broken on you. All right, our last question, the whole thing. By being self-reliant in almost all things at my home, I figure I'm saving about blank percent off of professional rates. In this particular case, 50 to 60% is the correct answer. 25%, no, pros do make some good money. And there's a lot of administrative costs behind the scenes that you don't see. Saving 90%, no, I don't think so, unless you, unless you got contractors that are charging a hell of a lot of money beyond what they should be charging. And if you're just not a uh, 
self-reliant or handy type of person, yeah, you might actually lose money and break something having to call a pro in to fix what you were trying to fix yourself. But that's where your educational growth comes in. Usually, usually, not always, but usually contractors base jobs on about 50% materials and 50% labor. And in that 50% labor is also their administrative costs. So yeah, they're, they're, making, they're making a little chunk of change in there, but there's a lot of costs that go along with it. The workers comp, the business insurance, all the fuels, the maintenance on vehicles, having to buy tools, having to pay for people, blah, 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 blah. If you answered E, I got no clue. What do things cost anyway? Sharpen your pencil, figure out what things cost. I bet you, you can tell me how much stuff is at the produce aisle, but you couldn't tell me how much a five gallon can uh, lower pedalum costs at the local nursery. It's kind of nice to know, especially if you're going down a landscape project road, maybe later this year. Hey guys, that's what I have for you. I hope you got a little something out of it. I hope it was a little fun, maybe as eye opener. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing the right answer and everything of every single question here. It really isn't. But if you do have questions, you can always email me, youryardcoach at gmail.com. And take a look at the website and our Amazon store, we have some of the things that really might help you as far as pruning, as far as education, as far as tools, as far as all kinds of things. We're here to help. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope I find you next week. Hey, check me out over on the YouTube channel where it'll be a lot more visual and I will catch you next Friday. Thanks for tuning in. As always, to your landscape success, talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified, and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.